smart. Enabling organisations and individuals to be disability inclusive and accessible. Hello everyone and welcome to today's podcast episode. As always, I'm Jodie Greer, I'm the founder of Be People Smart and I am your host. And we are here to bust more myths. And when I say we, I've got another wonderful guest speaker with me today. So joining me all the way from Australia, that's quite exciting. I think that's the first one. Um, We have Madeline Nicholas. So Madeline, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Thank you for having me today. Oh, tonight, actually. Um, (laughs) From from a very young age, I inspired to work in the youth sector, helping to foster knowledge and confidence. So in in 2022, I decided to be, I needed to be the change I wanted to see in the world. So I created my business, Lightning Up, a micro enterprise to promote self-advocacy. Lightning Up delivers youth workshops to the youth sector, as well as NDIS participants. NDIS is our disability scheme in Australia. Throughout my life, I've grown up and lived through situations that many of the workshop participants will have relate to. I understand that everyone's experiences are different and unique to their circumstances, but many have experienced around health and disability issues. I hope to strengthen and empower the next generation to be the best versions of themselves without being overwhelmed by negative society pressures. I have always been passionate about helping young people, having gained qualifications in youth work and community services. I'm drawn to being, I'm drawn to helping young people because I have difficult experiences in the health and education systems. Being a powerful self-advocate from day one is vital for mental and physical survival in combating society's pressures and judgments. Unfortunately, when I was younger, self-advocacy was not taught in schools and therefore there was no resources and programs available for my family and me to access. If I had known what I know now when I was younger, things could have been so different for my family and me. I love that. And for anyone who's a regular listener or follows me on socials, you probably know I'm also really passionate about trying to reach young people when it comes to, you know, advocacy and awareness and so on. So I'm really quite excited to be not only introducing Madeline, but to introduce Lightning Up. Um, One of the things uh, I will tell you, first of all, of course, are the myths that um, Madeline and I are going to be busting, even though, as always, there's probably going to be more in the conversation. But the two we're primarily busting today are that people in wheelchairs can't walk and A child who cannot articulate their symptoms is not attention seeking. And I think, Madeline, you kind of touched on this already, in a sense, with your um, intro. So I really like to now delve in a little bit and learn more about you personally. So I know obviously we've spoken before, but you have a rare disease, don't you, which can have its challenges literally because it's rare. So when were you diagnosed? I originally was diagnosed at four with a condition called spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia tarda pseudorheumatoid, which is a very rare condition. I don't even know you say it. It's practice. Practice makes perfect. And getting sick of waiting for people saying, can you say it again? Like, (laughs) can you spell it? Yeah. So what, what did that mean? It basically just meant that my joints were compromised and I couldn't, so my mum and my mum would struggle dressing me, things like that. I couldn't lift my arms off my head, 
and that's when like my journey in the hospital system kind of began and how did that impact you for school it impacted me a lot because I couldn't run play with the other kids and oftentimes I was in 10 out of 10 pain so I would have to be sitting out on a bench because I just couldn't join in the kids and the kids didn't really understand my circumstances so oftentimes I was segregated yeah I, I hear stories like this a lot and it's interesting because of course we're on other you know opposite sides of the planet and I think the situations are pretty much the same so it is really interesting to me so there's two sides to this, of course. There's the medical side and support there and an understanding there, and then there's schooling. So just going back to the medical side, I, I guess it's even more challenging with a rare disease because how well do doctors actually understand it? Not very well, to be honest, because no one really understands rare diseases or knows they exist, really. Um, so unless you have, like, a doctor that has experience in rare diseases or wants to actually understand different sides of things, it's quite quite hard to kind of see doctors really because oftentimes when they don't know something, they gaslight because they are ashamed of their lack of knowledge. Yeah, and it's, that's almost a shame because at the end of the day, doctors are human beings too. So of course it's frustrating as an individual if you haven't got a human being who understands your condition and can help you and provide you know the support you need but they kind of need to put their big person pants on and you know be open about that yeah yeah they really do they need to understand that they're not perfect everyone makes mistakes but being more accountable in society for those people like in the medical industry being more accountable for their mistakes because those little mistakes that they make might not be big in their in their kind of they think that those mistakes aren't very big it could be huge um life-changing mistakes for other people yeah absolutely so was you fortunate did you find medical help that actually worked for you to be honest not really not until I was at least an adult when okay. apparently I was telling the truth because an adults are kind of more believed than children and I guess that's why one of my myths today is a child who cannot articulate their symptoms is not attention-seeking, which oftentimes doctors just assumed I was an attention-seeking child because they couldn't explain the pain and the issues that I was facing. I think that's such a powerful thing, and I think there's going to be a lot of people out there that you, you kind of not only open up minds, but you're also getting parents, for instance, to think, exactly that because although some parents may also struggle to understand their child because they don't understand the um you know the the issues or what what the child's trying to tell them but even if they do they're then fighting to try and get medical practitioners to listen and to I guess investigate because if you don't know you need more help and you see and you try and seek medical advice because you know something's wrong with your child but when your doctors and and um, medical community don't believe you it's very hard to kind of believe yourself because you're like well if they don't believe me then I must not be telling the truth when reality was I was telling the truth my whole life and it was society's problem not believing me it wasn't mine yeah absolutely and I love the fact especially now looking back you can resonate that and you can recognize that it wasn't a meddling issue 
it was a societal issue. Um, can I just ask your parents, once obviously they understood more about, you know, how you were feeling, what you were going through, how did they try and navigate? Because they were the adults, but mm. was were people listening to them? I think the parents was was something in Australia is parents were often mistreated and like saying if the doctor doesn't believe the child then the parents get mistreated and that seriously needs to change there needs there needs to be a, a society where we don't gaslight each other and make each other's lives more painful like if you don't know something say I don't know what this problem is don't just assume put pressure on the child but only and the parents and the family it's it's a really toxic culture and it really needs to change yeah and I guess especially for a young person so talking about children specifically it can be hard enough sometimes to articulate anything just because you 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 know you haven't developed all the language skills whatever that could be you literally don't know how to share certain things so the frustrations must you know, I'm making an assumption, I know, but the frustrations inside must be so acute because you kind of know what you want to tell someone, but no one seems to be listening and maybe because you don't know how. Is that how it felt? Yeah, well, I ended up getting post-traumatic stress disorder because of people's mistakes and it's taken me a long time to heal and recover from that because gaslighting is a trauma. It's a significant trauma and Uh, there's not a lot of understanding around it and there's no real laws because you can't really charge someone for like fit like emotional trauma you can kind of charge them physical but emotional is not really understood as much um and yeah so it's it's very hard and I I just I really hope by me sharing my story by writing a book that I'm planning on publishing one day that I and then sharing my story over and over again will hopefully create change that I want that I want to leave leave this earth with. I think I think that's wonderful, and I genuinely believe that you are going to make a difference. So I do want to actually talk about your book, and I'll come back to that. But I just want to reverse back a little bit to your school days because I don't know exactly what the education system's like in Australia but in the UK it can actually be really difficult to get any support in school without effectively having a label because you know children need a statement to get um help how how did that work for you then um my primary school weren't that well at all disability friendly my mum had to fight essentially for to make it to get extra kind of it, well, it's called um, brain training. It's called brain gym, and essentially, it's to help with pathways in your brain that are not working well. And it's about like rewiring your brain um, with on the gaps that like the education gaps that I was having. Um, and that was really amazing. And I highly recommend people if they if education is not working for them to find others other kind of other ways to make it make it easier for people because schools aren't the best with um, circumstances for that young child's experiencing, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, it does. So obviously that's school. Then you, you know, you get your education and you go into work. Was it different in the workplace when, you know, you're an adult and you're dealing with adults or were you still coming up against barriers? 
I think my whole life I've experienced barriers in different ways. Um, as a child with school, and then when I was in education providers, when I was trying to study for my youth work and community services, and then employment. I think employment is a real struggle for people with disabilities everywhere. I don't think there is a place where it's really great um, for people with disabilities because society can't understand that people with disabilities, just because you're slightly different, does not mean that you're not capable and intelligent enough and and bring your lived experience to work. You're just as vital, we're just as important. And I think we're a great, great opportunity for people to learn and to grow if we're just given a chance. And um, I think that's why I really love co-design because co-design in my area has kind of flourished because people who live um, the experience of disability can kind of help showcase their experiences to create change they want to see in society and and volunteering WA at the moment are currently doing um, they're currently got a co-design that is shaping how volunteering WA wants to be in inclusive inclusivity accessibility diversity and all of that and it's really great to be part of that Excellent. So just for listeners, I'm I'm guessing, but you can clarify, WA is Western Australia? Yeah, sorry, Western yeah. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the co-design? Co-design is basically like, for example, for support workers or nurses or things like that. It's like a community that the choices that are that are getting affected by them, they get to make decisions. So they get to make decisions that affect them. So with disability, I'm being a part of a co-design that's essentially being affected by the disability barriers and stuff. And I'm and I'm being a part of a community that helps change those those concerns and those barriers and things like that. That makes sense. So who leads on this? Um, I think it's just it's. A process is just kind of flourishing in Australia. Um, I don't necessarily know where it's come from, but I do know it's it's happening a lot and people are really taking it on um, and it's a great employment opportunity because um, and it helps people grow. I think people are going to love this because, I mean, it's called co-design, but it's very much like, you know, the message we hear a lot of nothing about us without us. Yeah, and it's and I really love love it it's the best thing ever and i'm learning so much and i'm meeting so many people and i'm being validated in a way that i haven't had experience of that and it's, it's really it's it's really amazing no absolutely um and i love all the positives and i'm hoping we can get some positives out of this as well but the other myth on people in wheelchairs can't walk is such a it's such an important one because this is something that I hear about a lot. Um, so what what's your take on, you know, what experience have you had of, I don't know, maybe the shock factor of being able to actually stand up out of a wheelchair? It's honestly, it's like you just get stared at when I'm walking around and I just... People like people just can't seem to understand. Not everyone in a wheelchair needs to stay in a wheelchair, or they they can walk. Like there is such a wide range of people in wheelchairs, and people need to understand the wheelchair sign needs to get. They need to get rid of it because, like, it's so outdated and 
and inaccessible because not like society needs to realize that not even a wheelchair stays in a wheelchair i'm i'm a wheelchair user but i'm more than capable of walking down the street with my dog it like it's yeah it's a it really drives me nuts <laughs> but that's such an important message because i hear this so often um and actually the reason i say get some positive out of it is more around education because the negativity people experience on a regular basis it still blows my mind so i know people that you know have got out of cars in accessible parking spaces many times and literally been abused unless they only get out of their car seat into a wheelchair um mm. yeah I'd, it is about education there's a massive thing but i agree with you the simple doesn't actually help but still it's about humanity getting with the program what's your experience mm. like i think especially with acrid bays oh that's what we call them i think that's what you uk call them as well um it's 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 kind of like if I'm not in a chair or if I'm parking with my support worker who's oftentimes a young person, it's often they get we get abused because like, oh you can't park there because you're not disabled. Well, what's your definition disabled? Because obviously it's really skewed because you're not a, you don't have any experience. And it's it's I think I think I believe that disability awareness training needs to be implemented in schools everywhere because I think then we would have a lot less problems now when people are older parents would have less issues with trying to explain it to kids and it would be a very kind of less barrier society if it, we had the education in schools. So I'm really pleased you picked that as one of your myths to bust and I completely agree and I people have probably heard me say this many times it has to start younger than the workplace we have to start with disability inclusion and accessibility learning in schools um which kind of flips me back a little bit I feel like I'm ping-ponging our conversation to lightening up because you gave us a bit of an intro into lightening up but you know you're looking to support young people which I think is going to be so important and make such a difference but what what's the kind of reality is how will lightening up work well one of main the main goals of lightening up is to help young people in Australia to grow as individuals and lead fulfilling lives lightening up Lightning Up offers one-of-a-kind workshops to empower young people, specifically adolescents with disabilities, to advocate for themselves. Today's young people face more challenges with social media pressures, bullying, peer pressure, lack of friends, mental health concerns, gaming, social media addiction, drinking, etc. I've created workshops to help those help them combat these pressures. Over two in five Australians from 16 to 85, 45.7% or 80 8.6 million people have experienced a mental disorder at some point. Anxiety is one of the common groups of 12, 12 month, um, month mental disorders, 18.8 or 3.3 million people. Mental health struggles along young people are in the rise. I believe more than ever that, that having excellent skills to combat insecurities, asking for help, talking to adults, so many more barriers that young people face and need something lightening up is working towards making the next generation of Australians future robust powerful and confident individuals 
I think that's absolutely wonderful. And I think, it, like I've said it, but it's going to make such a difference. So what advice will you give to young people who encounter the same disbelief that you did? I recommend learning self-efficacy to improve your knowledge about your body and your rights. Finding self-advocacy resources online or in person and seeking to professionals help that works for you. Only talk to someone who makes you feel validated, heard, seen and emotionally safe. Yeah, I think I think that's really it's going to help. Um, will you also be speaking to parents? Because, of course, they're a big part of that journey. Or are you specifically just speaking to the young people? That's my niche at the moment, but I'm 100%. I think self-advocacy needs to be for everyone and I hope that I can expand over time and once I get the hang of things and then I can kind of branch out. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, so many people are going to get helped. So obviously there's, there's so much in this already, but what message would you love to give to all medical practitioners so that they can actually help people in a similar position to you? If doctors and medical professionals don't know something, oftentimes they gaslight. They put on a patient as being attention-seeking and wasting their time. I think doctors and nurses need to be better educated about rare diseases and disabilities to make the health systems a safer place. Gaslighting has serious, long-lasting impacts on people, and I don't think medical people fully appreciate that that's what um, they are doing to people with a rare disease. It isn't okay and needs to be stopped everywhere. Wonderful. Um, I don't know if you've done any research into it, but I'm just curious if you've got any idea of how much um, learning medical professionals actually do when it comes to, I guess, you know, communicating effectively that might sound bizarre because of course they're talking to people all the time but I guess it comes back to this it's it's educating doctors and nurses to have the confidence to speak up or to reach out for more help from their peers and so on I just don't know if they're taught that I don't believe they are I think oftentimes there's no seems to be no training on on how to communicate to people because I think they're they're the mistakes are made when they don't truly understand what their words are doing to people and and what it causes like if doctors and understood understood what they were doing to me things could have been very different for me and I hope by sharing my story doctors can understand that stop gaslighting it's 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 not it's not helpful it's not appreciated and needs to be stopped because people's lives matter so much more than um so much more than what doctors think of them and i think they're they're the ones that are working with young people and they're the ones that you see all the time and we're not attention seeking if a child is coming to hospital not showing the typical signs of pain they're not intention seeking they're just dealing with trauma and or dealing with a way to cope and pain is so subjectable to everyone and i think i think doctors need to understand that a bit better and just to kind of go one further with your own pain do i remember correctly when we were chatting that you said you're almost numb to it yourself which is why you wasn't necessarily you know you wasn't really sharing that you was in excruciating pain because there was just so much going on. 
yeah and i as a child who's not listened to or validated or or their experiences they shut off they shut their emotions because that's the only way to survive and so i wasn't there's a, actually there's a pain chart in hospitals and this pain chart really drives me mad because it shows how a pain a child should experience pain and it's so outdated it shouldn't even be existing in society because you can't experience like trauma's not on that page or what about someone with like autism like how their pain is different like they express pain in different ways or someone with intellectual disability I feel like it's so outdated and needs to stop like being educated around or doctors having to like use this chart to to kind of um, understand children's pain. I think, it, yeah, it really not drives me mad, that chart. Do you know, I don't know about that chart, so thank you for that. But I think there's a couple of things I take from that as well. One is from an industry, you know, we need to be, and I say we as in society, we need to be making sure that the tools provided to our medical professionals are current they are accurate and they are actually effective so i think there's what there's a part there and that includes things like pain charts not just you know the really clever technical equipment that they're using and another thing is of course at the end of the day it is a profession and people want to be good at their job they want to be able to demonstrate their professionalism and their competency and that shouldn't be at the risk of them feeling like they fail if they don't know something you know they need to be able to reach out for support without that you know reflecting negatively on them so there's also that part I feel that you know the industry needs to recognize the fact that doctors are clever people they have a lot of information retained but they are human beings and there's always going to be gaps. Yeah, I think I think those gaps, I really, I really, I'm pushing for equality because as long as those gaps are in play, society's not going to grow as an equality place. And I think once society understands that these gaps are happening, that these gaps are, are real and that, and how we can educate people to say like no we're going to stop these gaps and these are how the things we can educate people to eliminate eliminate those in society yeah, definitely and it's not it's not even just um you know making sure that all doctors have the knowledge to fill all the gaps it's ensuring they've got the support from someone who does have that knowledge it, it's not having to do it all on your own it's about having that network and that collaboration with your peers where together you can really enable every individual patient to get everything that they need. And there's a lot of power in that. Uh, yeah, I think as we, we work as a community, we work as a bunch of people getting together, collaborating. Like collaboration is such a vital place. And it's like co-design and we're working as a community to change things. I think that's that's how we grow as a society. That's how we grow as people we grow from our experiences but we also grow from learning other people's experiences and and then as a group we can kind of collaborate and make it a quality I feel yeah that's my thoughts anyway no, I think that's really helpful thank you and I'm interested to see any feedback we get from this episode as to how different experiences can also be country to country um, because I don't actually know someone in a very similar position to you in the UK to know what the medical um, you know how the medical profession supported them 
so it'd be interesting to find that out but of course then you've got so many other countries around the world I just wonder well hopefully this will also help because it'll help them to have the confidence to engage maybe a little bit differently with their doctors but also hopefully it can help people who are in the medical profession to seek out support to speak to their peers because it's only going to help everyone including them yeah I understand and I feel I especially think people with lived experience need to attend hospitals and be part of co-designs because I think getting people who've got understanding will definitely help doctors and I think that needs to be a bit more utilized in the in the hospital systems I think there would be a lot less lot less gaps if it was people's experiences are really utilized and understood so uh, yeah I mean your experiences have been obviously such a major um impact in your life and anyone who's feeling similar what what kind of coping mechanisms do you, you know, worked for you? Because they could maybe work for someone else. How did you overcome those frustrations and a lot of those negative feelings? Because, of course, you are a very positive person. We've spoken, you know, you're, you are smiley. And I'm sure that, like everyone, you're not smiling 24-7. But you have overcome so much. What works? Seeking professional help that... But the thing is, professional, seeking professional help, it's awesome. But once you find someone works for you, I think a lot of times you get gaslighted from your psychologist sometimes and finding someone that you feel heard, seen and validated, I think it's essential to heal. And until you find someone like that, it's very hard to heal. So but I found when you find them, they're like gold. It's like you, I'm so thankful I found mine and I wouldn't be nearly, like I wouldn't have healed as much and grown as much if I wasn't, if I hadn't found her. I think the reason I take you as such a positive person, not just because <laughs> you're actually just really nice to chat to, no, but because um, you're taking your own lived experience to help the younger generation and, you know, that in itself is a massive positive impact on society. So, yeah, you've you've obviously you, you've you've taken some positives out of this to be able to sort of change Australia potentially, you know, spread it around the world. But I, I just think it's wonderful that you have found those mechanisms, and of course that person that you just mentioned who has really helped you. And I just hope other people recognise that if one person didn't help them doesn't mean there isn't somebody else out there that absolutely can yeah there's so many people that could help you you just gotta go and look and find and gain um look in your networks and your communities and try and find someone that works for you and i don't know if you've looked for this but i'm just curious in case there's anything out there that can also help people do you know of any online support um for people with rare diseases that maybe can be you know a, a port a call for people i think i think rare diseases it's very it's very hard especially for my situation i think everyone's rare illness experiences are different like when you talk to other people their experiences are different and i think especially with rare disease 
you're, you're dealing with a lot of different experiences. And I think it's hard for some people to really understand and kind of accept other people's experiences and not just this is how you meant to go down the road. You meant to do these, you meant to do these treatments, you meant to like do these like wheelchair stuff when you like, and, and that's how rare illnesses goes around. That's not necessarily the case. I think there's so many components to diet and, and to healing. And there's so many parts of how, how rare illness goes and everyone's experiences are different. And I think I wish I was, I was able to connect with them, but that's not my experience. And, but I really hope for other people, their experiences are different because having a community, it's so vital and we all need to feel connected to society, no, not society, but our community and having connection and it's a vital part for mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, a lot of what you talked about today have just reinforced the message that physical and mental well-being are so intrinsically linked. Yeah, they really are. And I really hope by sharing my story, if any young person is hearing my my story, if you're experiencing something, seek answers, don't give up. Self-advocacy is vital for everyone, especially young people with disabilities. We all deserve love, connection, employment, travel, and opportunity to live our best lives. I invite everyone, especially people in the medical and educational fields, to educate themselves in regards to rare diseases and disability awareness and diversity training, equalities for every one of us. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Um, Do you have a way of people finding out about lightening up yeah so i've sent you the links and um they'll be attached with this um podcast and i would love it if um people could share my gofundme and support me to create my passion project for sharing my lived experiences to the world wonderful thank you i will absolutely make sure i put them in um one thing i have to ask you as well because i ask absolutely everybody because i'm a mad harry potter fan i think but also because i love the answers is if i give you a magic wand and don't get magic so there's no limitations and you can change one thing to make the world more inclusive what would you do a cure for my rare disease and a hospital system much more educated about chronic pain and rare diseases that's a true passion of mine to make the hospital system more equality for everyone a culture where young people are believed and gaslighting of patients is not tolerated and that everyone with a rare, a rare undiagnosed condition, I've got a condition because there is so many undiagnosed people out there and I think we all deserve a diagnosis, especially Lyme disease, which currently doesn't exist in Australia. Oh, really? Yeah, there's Lyme disease technically doesn't exist, but... I don't like I know people that have got Lyme disease and it 100% exists but at the moment yeah with they can't get a diagnosis from Australia oh wow I, I had no idea about that um but I do love your answer and I would love to give you that magic wand of course but by raising awareness by doing what you're doing you're certainly starting to build the wand that's something that is happening so um I'm sure a lot of people will be very grateful for that so yeah um well done for everything that obviously you've done already and certainly what's to come 
what would you and I know you've already told people a lot but what would you really like people to take away from this episode that what gaslighting needs to stop and and if you hear yourself not validating someone's experiences or ignoring their their stories and stuff stop it educating yourself about gaslighting and understanding that it stops you need to stop it i think if every one of us understands that gaslighting needs to be stopped and they understand i think we would be in a much better place yep i completely agree and i think that's actually a brilliant takeaway so madeline you've been so open with us so i want to say thank you for that um i certainly will share the links we just mentioned with the episode how do people connect with you um you can find me on social media so i've got my um, instagram lightening up advocacy i've got my linkedin which is madeline nicholas and then facebook is lightening up self-advocacy workshops great if i've got all of those links which you may have sent me i will make sure that they're included um so thank you for that and yeah i mean I've eaten into your evening and I've learned more from you today again since we've you know chatted before and it has been an absolute pleasure for me so I'm genuinely so grateful that you took the time out to come and speak to me but of course to share with the listeners as well I have no doubt that they would have um, learned a lot from you and you're probably going to find people popping up in your uh, messages but I just yeah a massive thank you and I hope thanks for having me um, I just want to say I hope that you've actually enjoyed sharing and that you've taken something from this yourself but the reality is I think we get a lot more out of it. Thanks for having me and and I'm more than happy to share my story and educating and bringing society understanding society's kind of gaps and and I really hope it brings people a lot of confidence that I believe you and that your story is real and validated even if society don't believe you. That, well, what a powerful episode. So I've said thank you to Madeline and now thank you to all of you that have taken the time to listen today. Do reach out on socials. Do take a look at all of the links that I share um, for Madeline and Lightning Up. Of course, you can reach out to me as well. So enjoy, digest. And until next time for some more myth busting, take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. Please rate us and leave us a review. We really want to know what you think. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the amazing guest speakers we have lined up.